Turn with me to 1 John. 1 John. Uh, we're going to be in chapters 1 and 2. We are uh, returning to the writings of the Apostle John. John wrote his gospel account, if you may remember, for the purpose of non-believers. If we could remind ourselves, John chapter 20, uh, John does a really good job of telling us explicitly why he wrote the books that he wrote. John chapter 20, we can remember he wrote the gospel account when he said, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So his goal is very clear in John, and he does that in the epistles as well. He's going to tell us, in fact, he's going to tell us over and over, here's why I'm writing this, here's why I'm writing this, here's why I'm writing this. So he wrote primarily the gospel according to John for non-believers. He wanted those people to have faith in Christ. He wrote the epistles, as we will see, the three epistles specifically for believers. He wrote these epistles to Christians specifically to address some of the false teaching that was entering the church. In fact, some people were claiming that true believers have some secret or special knowledge uh, about God. And there's really, there's two false premises that he is addressing when it comes to the idea of this, this false teaching known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a million-dollar word, right? What is Gnosticism? Before I address that, let me kind of give you the idea. The, I, the idea of the word Gnostic, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, is to know something. Um, you may be familiar with words like uh, prognosticate. You ever watch the movie uh, Groundhog Day? You know, Puxatani Phil is a proc. You know, he is prognosticating the future. He wants to, he, he said, that basically it's to, to know something about the future. That's the prognosticate. Your doctor may have used the word what? Prognosis. Same, same root word there. What does he mean? We believe, we, we think we know where this disease is headed. We think in six months this is going to happen. Or whatever. We believe we know what's going to happen because of this disease that you have. That's a prognosis. You may have even heard the term, um, well, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm an agnostic. You ever heard someone say that? They're not a Christian, they're not a believer, they're, you know, they're agnostic. Well, what does agnostic mean? It means that we really can't know if God exists or not. So the idea then of the root word gnostic means to know. That's what it means. So what are they trying to do? What is Gnosticism teaching? Well, they're teaching that they have some special knowledge about God. And only true believers have this special knowledge. And if you don't have it, then you're really not a believer. And can you imagine how frustrated uh, the Apostle John must be getting, you know, with, when he hears this false teaching entering the church, that you've got to be like us and have some special knowledge about God. And that's one of the premises. That's one of the false teachings that he's addressing. The true followers of God are going to have this elevated, special knowledge about God. And if it doesn't come, they're going to say it doesn't come from the Bible and it doesn't come from Jesus. It's a special, elevated knowledge. It's superior type thinking. The, the other premise of Gnosticism is that it teaches that all matter, physical matter, is considered evil. 
and that the only thing that's good is spirit. And that's part of their elevated thinking, is that uh, they, they have a better understanding of flesh, and they have a better understanding of, of uh, the, the, the physical matter and spiritual. The problem with their thinking there is with, with the idea that all matter, all physical matter is evil, is John has already addressed in his gospel account what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And what did that Word do? That Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So within Gnosticism, they're doing what? They're denying the incarnation of Christ. And John is like, we've got to address this. They're rejecting the very premise of God coming and taking on flesh. And this is foundational to the gospel. And he's going to address that. In fact, Gnosticism is not just going to, they're not only going to deny the incarnation of Christ. They're going to say, because all flesh is evil, it doesn't matter what you do in the flesh. It's already sinful. So they, they are, they're going to suggest what? Do whatever you want to in the flesh as long as you don't do it in the spirit. You know, you can commit all sorts of sin. Why? Because the flesh is sinful. and So just do whatever you want in the flesh. Just don't sin in the spirit. That's a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a convoluted way of thinking, right? And they're going to suggest that only true believers really understand this. And if you don't understand it, then you must not be a true believer. So John is writing to address these issues, this teaching of the rejection of the incarnation of Christ. What is, the, what is the reason that we celebrate Christmas? The incarnation of Christ, the advent of Christ. We celebrate that he came and dwelt among us and he took on flesh and he dwelt and walked among us. That's why we celebrate this season. And John is writing to address it. So let's begin. We're going to be in chapter 1 and 2, but we're going to start chapter 1 and look at those 10 verses, and then we'll unpack it. Here's what it says. First John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And we come to the end of chapter 1. It's interesting and we have this 
the lighting in here to illustrate a point. And it's, it's crazy how our, the world around us is growing darker. Um, it doesn't take much to see that, especially if you're a believer. The world is growing darker each and every day. But here's what I've noticed, and I've heard people say, you know, gosh, you know, I can't imagine trying to raise children in this environment and how difficult or how challenging that might be. But let me say this. As I think about my own uh, son, grandson, and others, when something is dark, and the world grows dark, it becomes easier to see the light. The light stands out a lot stronger, a lot stronger. You know, if, if we live in a dark world and we walk in the light, we should stand out. It should look different. It should look different.